Hello and welcome to a new episode of Pat's Chat. Second year, I'm very happy about that. I just kick it off after a short break and I'm very, very honored to have a fantastic guest today uh, for this first episode of this new year. Um, Dr. Sri Ganesh, uh, the founder and CEO of SG Education Group, a technology evangelist, very well known in uh, Malaysia. Uh, also, he's the vice president, vice chairman of the Malaysia IoT Association and, uh, of course, a leading expert in uh, TVET. He is truly driving talent development for the drone and the digital economy. Thank you so much for your time, uh, Dr. Sri Ganesh, joining me today. Pleasure is mine, uh, Patrick. Yeah. Nice okay, to have you here as well. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks for your time. Um, I know you have a lot to share, so let's right go into the to the topics. Usually, I ask the people first, like, how would they describe yourself as a person? Um, maybe you can do that also, please. Right. Um, well, um, I would begin with what the audience may or the, the readers probably interested in. I'm a strong advocate of TVET. Right. Um, I started off my journey in um, 1999, um, where um, I, I picked up something very important in my life that everyone needs to have a skill set on their own um, and they should be happy about it. They should keep developing that. Um, they should uh, bring themselves up to be a master craftsman or a master, I would say. Um, if you don't mind, I'll just share with you my journey, right? And uh, this, this will articulate well why I, I'm in TVET and uh, in technology today. Sure. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, wanted I, to I, start basically with your uh, school. If I'm not wrong here, you grew up in uh, Seremban. Uh, yeah, it's I a bit south Shimban, of yeah. uh, Kuala Lumpur. It's not the big city, uh, but yeah. nearby at least. Um, and then you moved over to UK, right, to, to do yeah. a bachelor in IT. So technology was obviously something you were very interested in from the very beginning. Yeah, I've started off the entire degree program uh, here in Malaysia. Um, to begin with, I, okay, um, as you as you rightly mentioned that uh, I'm from Sremban. Um, Sremban is a is a very uh, cultured uh, city, all right. Um, it's I, I would say that we are very close to KL, so uh, we have the hustle and bustle in KL, but we have the the family um, uh, cultured. Uh, um, um, thing in, in Sremban, right? So people go to work uh, from at, at nine o'clock and then come back at five o'clock. They spend a lot of time with family and so on. So we grew up in that kind of culture, you see. And um, this probably do, during my time, we have only about maybe four schools in Sremban and all these um, uh, very um, historic schools. Like the, I'm from ACS, the Methodist, um, Anglo-Chinese Methodist School. Um, um, it, it is um, built in 1915 and so on. I, 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 I'm, I'm very proud of my school and uh, many leaders were created from, from this school as well. Right? Mm -hmm. So the, the foundation of today where, my, where I am here is just because of my school. Right? And um, not only that, the support from my teachers and so on. Right? This has actually brought us today um, to, to further bring us to what we, we love to do and so on. You know, mm -hmm. the value system was put in place in school. Uh, I believe that all schools should articulate that as well. All right. Um, as I was telling you that I'm from Sremban, um, um, I would say that I worked hard uh, in my school days and um, I was offered three public universities then. 
right, where public universities were, were almost impossible uh, for, um, I would say, um, the, we have the Malay, Chinese and Indian quota, right? So those days to get uh, into university and if you're an Indian, it's, it's difficult, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I was one of them that, uh, not one, I got three public universities, but um, the, the thing in me that I want to be an entrepreneur uh, has stopped me from going to any, uh, to accept any of these uh, university offers. Um, I wanted to work and study. So I started off my graduate diploma in KDU. Then I entered into a program on um, a degree program uh, with Lincolnshire and Humberside. And I completed the, the entire program. Uh, my journey of DVET actually started um, while I was working after my SPM, right? Mm -hmm. uh, where um, when, when, I, when I started to work uh, as a, as a part-timer, you know, those days that you, do, you don't get much jobs, uh, many jobs in uh, Sramban, the, the mm -hmm. city where I come from. So um, for us, KL, it's, it's, a, it's a city that we go there to, to start our career and, and so on. So I was in, in probably in KL uh, in 1995 um, and I was looking for a, for a job and I was uh, very fortunate um, um, I, I was hired in a uh, optometric shop, right? Um, where um, this uh, particular gentleman hired me to do a data entry in the evening and to take care of his shop while while in the daytime, right? So I look feasible for him because I, I can do multi. I was multitasking, right? And um, I picked up something important during my tenure there as, as a part-timer, right? Then I became a full-timer, in fact, you know. Uh, I was working in this optometric shop where in a short period of time, uh, my boss uh, entrusted me uh, to cut expensive lenses. Those, those lenses come from um, European and uh, uh, countries and some of it from the US and so on. So it costs you... Uh, hefty, you know, to to actually to cut those lenses and to fit into the glasses. So they have this um, machine, uh, which you know, even that that time it cost you about maybe hundred thousand ringgit and so on. So my boss was kind enough to entrust me um, to 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 uh, to let, allow me to use that machine. But of course, he guided me and so on. But I was surprised. Uh, as a young young person then, how am I going to do this compared to my other support staffs who are probably a fresh, uh, I mean, they're fresh graduates from uh, ophthalmology background and so on, right? So why an SPM school leaver should be entrusted to cut these machines? Then I realized that I was fast to learn those skills. And this is where I realized skill sets are very important, Right. Um, when he started to teach me the skills, right, I started to create masterpiece lenses, all right, to fit into many um, VIP customers of us, of us, uh, and I realized that that the skill uh, structured skill sets are um, something that everyone should acquire. Let it be graduate or school labor, or uh, even a working adult. It brings out the the master in you. You know, so you, you can be a, a craftsman or something like that. Yeah, so I, yeah. that, that, that actually triggered me to say that. I mean, uh, to, to think that um, skill sets is something that everyone should have, regardless of your academic background and, and so on. Then um, I walked into the college and uh, during my college days, I realized that many of my friends were doing their, their exams, uh, but not their projects well. 
mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, simply because the projects require skill sets. You see, you learn something um, very theoretical in the in the lecture room, right? They will teach you, um, say, for instance, in computer science, they teach you the structured way of programming and so on. But mm-hmm. they don't teach you or they don't um, give you a hands-on skill a re- on a real project, right? Yeah, yeah project. So yeah. you are actually uh, bound to go and find the right tool to solve a problem, right? right. So when you when you want to solve a program and comes to IT, you need to acquire the skill sets to solve the problem as well, right? This is where um, uh, I, I realized my domain, uh, it was computing back then. Uh, programming is something which is a difficult subject, one to excel, right? Because this, this is not something that you can just read a book and, and acquire the knowledge. You have to start doing and you have to do, you have to have the trial and error thing, you know? Then I started tutoring my friends on the programming skill set, and many will, I mean, many did well in their projects. Then it triggered me again, saying that um, I think skill sets are something that uh, everyone should have uh, in, in, take into any vertical they want to venture in or they want to excel. They must have a skill set with them, right? Then uh, this this really affirms me that um, skills training is is an element that missing in the education vertical back then, mm. right? Yeah. And um, back then, our, our Ministry of Human Resources, they have a very small department on skills. In, in Malay, they call it Jabatan Pertukangan, right? Uh, Jabatan Pertukangan uh, simply means that, um, not a, a, a fancy word for skills, but just like uh, uh, um, skill sets for vocations that you choose, right? So, when I realized that it is not going to be driven by government, right? It's not their policy back then. Um, I want to. I, I understand that. I understand that the industry should be driving this. So I I'm, I was very focused in leveraging in this domain, and um, this is where I I was uh, um, had an opportunity to start my first institution in Rawang, when mm. um, where it is highly populated by industry areas. Right. If you if you take for Rawang, you have this famous brand called Perodua, uh, Lafarge Cement, and uh, you have this Ingress, all these car manufacturers, um, all these um, raw material processing uh, factories were there. Then. Mm. Uh, there was a scenario where um, when I started on my institution, um, I don't want to run uh, programs just to um, make money then. I want to make sure that I'm relevant in the industry sector. So there was a scenario where this car manufacturer, uh, they were sending their staffs back to Taiwan to learn um, a simple CAD drawing for their car designs and for new materials, fabrication and so on. So I was in the in the right position to propose them a cost-saving proposal where I introduced the train the trainer um, skills program for the organization which I saved 70% of their costs. There, boom, they, they got the idea that wow. um, skills, uh, by using a train-the-trainer framework, they can mm-hmm. save a lot of money. So I use the same proposal or the same um, idea towards uh, many uh, companies around the surrounding. And I was running a training uh, organization like a factory then, right? So I, I do a fast uh, uh, churn-out uh, program for them. Uh, not into many um, academic-oriented programs. I start doing skills program then. So uh, this has actually 
uh, caught many uh, organizations' uh, interest, and and they were coming to us uh, for training for specific programs. So what I do is, say for instance, you you need to do training for uh, a specific area fabrication. Then I identify the industry uh, experts in that area. Um, I give them the knowledge of um, um, delivering skills program, and they deliver their program. Uh, at their own pace, right? Uh, and we share the revenue then. So I was known for for uh, getting the right uh, people for the skill sets uh, for the industry, right? So it grew, and uh, then I realized that Kawang um, is is not the the place where um, you can really expand if you want the numbers. So you need to be in the heart of the city. Then we moved back to to. Uh, I mean, we moved into to KL, and um, this is where uh, a proper institution started. Then, where I want to make sure that there's a clear articulation in place, where um, the school leavers come into a program, and this program we will bridge the skills to career, and we get the industry to to get them in in place. While I was doing that, the government has actually uh, they they did a quick transformation. Uh, they come out with the uh, Department of Skills where they require people like us to advise them. This is where they appointed me as the industry expert, the national industry expert for uh, IT and uh, um, computing, sorry, IT and uh, information system uh, programs and uh, other technology programs. So my, my job is to sit in the uh, committee to develop um, the national occupational skill standards um, I do also advise on government institutions on um, the standards that should be put in place for skills and so on. So where, while I was doing this, we also acquire knowledge. I cannot be the, the best in the industry, right? I have to also acquire knowledge from different uh, skill experts and masters so that I can put things in place, right? So while we're doing this, I realized that every segment in the industry require a proper articulation to skill sets, right? Mm -hmm. This is where our government was going into technology-based. Back then, uh, in uh, 2002 and 2003, if I'm not mistaken, we 2004, we were going into the um, biotechnology hype, right? So the bioinformatics has become an important domain, but we were only technology consumers then, just like how IT was introduced uh, massively in the 1990s in Malaysia, we were just consumers. We were not innovators. So yeah. when we become consumers, for us to build our skill sets, we were depending on foreign labors, and especially India and so on. We have huge number of uh, foreign uh, expats in Malaysia was uh, in, was really into this IT thing and all that. But mm -hmm. we 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 did we didn't have the understudy uh, thing, but we were we were depending on them uh, and. We were the right position in Southeast Asia as well to churn out good technologies. But we didn't uh, focus on our own uh, citizens uh, to, to upskill themselves in technology-wise. Mm -hmm. So I was a strong advocate then where yeah. I want to put things in place. I want to make sure that um, we were also on par. So I, 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 I make sure that I work on um, skill innovation, um, skill set um, mentoring, and so on, instead of just being a consumer. Um, I'm, I'm a strong believer in this. I believe that, that any technology in place 
only will be relevant if we have the talent to drive it, right? Otherwise, we will be harboring the, the technology, but we will not maximize the potential of the technology for, for the nation, all right? See, uh, the future will be made by creators, not consumers. So we want innovators. And, and, and that, that uh, journey from then till now, I'm still speaking the same thing. I want to create more innovators rather than just adapting to one technology and stick to it. And, and um, once it's phased off, then we are not in place to, to recognize any more yeah. technology in place. Right? Okay. See, well, can, yeah. I, can I just yeah. interrupt you for a second? I mean, yeah. the, the story is just uh, awesome. I, I just let you speak. Yeah. I didn't want to interrupt because it's really, really highly interesting. And I, I now can really understand where your passion for like uh, TVET and the skills development is uh, coming from. Um, and also you, you mentioned a little bit like how, how that developed over time already, like like 20 years ago you started right this uh, it's a it's um two decades right how how would you see like the tvet or this education system in general changed right to 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 the better like what what is the what is so different today than like 20 years ago when you started with that okay 20 years ago there was no industry recognition right mm -hmm. meaning um industry were hiring people with academic qualification. Re skill set recognition was were not there, right? People were, were going into skills or those who are not academically inclined, right? So they were they were going into skills thinking that this is the, the alternative or this is their like a safety net, right? But uh, to tell you the truth, um, I think countries like Germany, Australia, and even in uh, other part of the Europe, uh, the skilled graduates play a very important role in the development of the, the country, right? So what I see now is that government has um, dynamically put things in place where they are trying to bridge between the academic and the skill, um, um, the skills program and, and so on, learning by doing kind of thing. And they've structured it very well. Now we have the diploma, in, uh, skills diploma. Now we have various certification body in place. Now we have the, the recognition from industries. And um, mm -hmm. uh, with the uh, establishment of Malaysian Board of Technologies, they start recognizing people with proper skill sets and the, the masters in, in, in uh, specific verticals that should be recognized well. So I think there, there's a huge transformation took place, but that's because the industry have find it important. We cannot mm -hmm. realize, we cannot only depend on the government to make any changes. We mm -hmm. ourselves need to believe in something and put things in place. Yeah. Uh, that will be my, my uh, simple answer for how the, the different is it from the last 20 years. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So you mean the, the better collaboration between uh, academy, industry, also the government, of course, right? Yeah, but we, we were pushed towards it. Uh, if, mm -hmm. you, if you notice that um, every time there's industry, industry, uh, industry requirements were there, uh, especially things, example, for Industry 4.0, they realized that the academic graduates cannot, not, not necessarily only the academic graduates can drive the Industry 4.0, and how relevant are the academic graduates in driving the Industry 4.0. So we need the, the, to complement with the um, um, skills graduate as well to drive the industry 4.0. If you take into three layers, we have the entry-level skills, we have the supervisory skills, and then we have the managerial skills. The academic graduates 
they are looking at the first tip of the managerial and supervisory skills. But the entry-level skills are also uh, equally important for you to drive the nation towards Industry 4.0. So I think with the, um, with the push, I think governments are realizing that I think TVET, mm-hmm. I would say now, now they have coined the word TVET in Malaysia and everyone is talking about TVET right now. Yeah. It's the right thing for them to move forward to achieve what the... Um, to build a nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. And that the government is interested and involved. I saw uh, recently you had uh, Prime Minister Tan Sri Muhyiddin uh, visiting your uh, your company, um, SG Academy. Uh, how was that uh, experience? I mean, you, you, uh, you don't meet everyday Prime Minister, right? Yeah. Okay, we, we were strategically in place um, simply because this is not something new for us. We, we mm-hmm. understand reskilling, upskilling is something which is very, very important for, to, to, to the industry. So um, I think the good work that we have been doing the last 20 years has gone to the um, years of the Prime Minister's Department. I was told a day before that evening that uh, a very important person will be um, coming to your uh, organization. Wow. I was expecting the uh, finance minister to come in just to mm-hmm. see how are we doing our reskilling programs. And that morning, we got a news that the Prime Minister is wow. coming. Um, so we, we really understand the, 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 the arrangements that we need to do. Um, so we got our industry partners to come in. We got our students, trainees who are in the upskilling and uh, reskilling segments to come in as well. But it was a big challenge because that time was still, um, we were facing this um, MCO and, and conditional movement uh, orders and so on. So we, were, we had a big challenge. But this is not a new experience for us. Um, if you if you clearly see that we had the previous prime minister launching our drone program as well, mm-hmm. right? And that was pretty yeah. much an organized program. But this was a sudden visit and you were given less than 24 hours notice and the PM yeah. walked in. Uh, he was there supposed to for 30 minutes and he took about more than an hour there, right? And he, he I mean, uh, not to boast, but he was happy with what we are doing. The finance ministry was very happy with the... Um, the bridge that we created between the skills and the career and how are we changing these people or transforming these people to, to comply with the needs of the post-COVID or the pandemic situation and so on. They also see that how we were um, putting across our skill sets towards um, the um, industry and how are we working together with the industry to gain employment for these retrenched workers and so on. So it is a blessing for us to be part of this thing. And um, we are now, I, we, are, we are one of the frontliners as well. We are the nation builders, right? For the skill set for, for, for our, our people here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, great, great to see that. And um, uh, you just mentioned it, um, the drones, um, that that is like one specific area in, in technology where, where you focused a little bit more on. It's basically also how I... Uh, I uh, came across your profile and uh, I think I met you once at the um, uh, event. I think that was the um, Malaysian IoT Association event. Yes. It must be two years ago now. Um, so, so drones is something that you really um, started to focus on a couple of years back. Why was it the drones that was so interesting for you personally? All right. Um, you see, um, this kind of initiatives are not new for me. But drone was quite interesting because it was quite challenging, you see. Um, 
it's all started because I believe that any new technology comes into place, you need a talent to, to, to drive it. So drone were coming massively into Southeast Asia because you see, uh, China was manufacturing drones. All right. India was doing uh, was vastly using the applications in terms of uh, mapping and surveying and so on. So my my um, exposure when I travel across uh, the Europe or maybe the South Asian countries and all that, I realized that a lot of things are happening there. And I know that this wave will come to Malaysia as well. But I realized one thing, those things can happen there massively and so robust and dynamically simply because they have the talent to drive it. They were the innovators. They are not the consumers. So I don't want to do the same mistake here. When the drone come into the picture, we don't want to be a product user, but we want someone to innovate, to develop that. Why? Because I understand the drone segment, right? If you, if you look into the drone segment, if you take into 100%, 20% is about flying. The, the rest mm -hmm. of the 80% is about data processing, right? And I know that we have good people here, right, to leverage on these skills. So I want to push into drone talent development, and I was very focused Right. Three years ago, we sat with industry, industries uh, in, in, uh, which were already into drone. We start developing our programs. In, uh, we, we call it, the, we are the pioneer in certified drone operator profession program, drone precision agriculture program and all that. And we start doing for government agencies and so on. It's a structured program, which is co-created by the industry as well. Right? This is long before even um, CAM looked into drone. Right, the civil aviation. Yeah, yeah. Then we were for the, the uh, front runners where we start putting things in place. Uh, when a new technology associated with drone comes into place, what we do is we start building the skill sets with the uh, the help of the industry personnel out there, and um, and we, we 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 work closely with them simply because they have the first hand knowledge and they know what is required in industry. We cannot be working in silo or coming out with a syllabus where which the industry don't recognize it. You see, this is where um, we started building um, the uh, drone level two and level three proficiency. The Department of Skill recognized that we are the first one to obtain the level two and level three skill certification program in mm -hmm. Malaysia, and we were recognized by the Malaysian Book of Records but we don't want to be only in Malaysia. I just got Institute of Drone Technology Australia to come in. I got the uh, MIT from uh, India to come in. So mm -hmm. this um, awesome. good, good network that we have, we started to, to churn out the micro-credentialing in drones. That means you may be in a sector, in uh, agriculture sector, and you want to upgrade yourself into um, the drone competency. So with your knowledge of agriculture and the drone competency, you carry uh, a competitive edge compared to the people in your business. Mm -hmm. right? So we start driving that. Uh, then we realize that employment is going to be an issue because this is a very steep um, um, area that we're looking at. So we, we need to have the maturity, the, the business maturity uh, phase to kick in in Malaysia. So what we did was we worked closely with the agency. We start coming out with drone geek uh, uh, initiatives where people, they acquire drone competencies, but they are employed or probably they are working as part-time and so on. So they go out there and complete a certain projects and so on and earn credits and also their competency points. So these are the areas that we're working on. And um, um, right now, I think CAM has come out with the regulation of um, a drone piloting school. And we mm -hmm. are forefronting uh, this today. And um, I like to put on record, I'm actually meeting the transport minister at 4 o'clock today. 
right to to actually to to showcase what we are actually doing and so on so this has gone highlight into many other ministries and um, one of the flagship project that we are doing right now is with the iskanda uh, mm-hmm. the drone uh, zone in iskanda with um, uh, iib iskanda ventures and um, medini uh, which is a place a strategic place in iskanda in johor where we were given a flying site uh, we have acquired um, we we are actually leasing a area where we got going to call this a drone pilot a uh, drone project office where any drone players in malaysia also abroad they can come in to test their drones we are we are providing the ecosystem and we we put in this term called the drone economy in malaysia right so we want to wow. be end to end creating okay. the drone balance i work very closely with a lot of drone players in the industry right so we don't compete with each other but we complement each other yeah yeah that's awesome the ecosystem uh, idea i think brings everyone forward in the end um you mentioned also uh, i think that was uh, quite important I, i would like to talk more about the drones and the the pilots the jobs but uh, something more important uh, you mentioned before that you have involvements in afghanistan and sri lanka also um yeah. let us know a little bit more about this and, and why these two countries what is your connections all right if you, if you notice that um um when it comes to skills right it's quite challenging to put in um skills into a developed country all right because they already think they have things in place and all that they don't need much it's not exciting to go to a country which they already have all the uh necessary skill sets to be filled in and all all right so you don't play a big role so i was more excited to work as um humanitarian in in countries that which require my expertise so this partner of mine uh, from the us um he wants to develop he he's from afghanistan and he has migrated to the us and he wants to build um the skill sets uh, of these people in afghanistan uh, where they were involved in war for for decades mm-hmm. see so there were no um proper structured skills program into uh, in place so back in uh, 2017 and 2018 um we were putting things in place with city and guilds and uh, there were policies saying that um the uk company or the us company they cannot go into afghanistan because it's a uh, it's a red zone there yeah. mm-hmm. so but uh malaysians were exception exceptionally was not uh restricted to go there unless i mean if you want to contribute so what i did was um with my strong affiliation with city and guilds i want to bring the certification to afghanistan but city and guilds has entrusted me to set up the entire vocational um vertical in uh, afghanistan before they can actually accredited those so me and my partner in the us we took the risk we went to afghanistan we we, we my my partner had a facility right we did the train the trainer program we get them to um recognized by city and guilds and then most of the trainers we did the training back in dubai so that we can save some costs and all because if if we if, in order for you to go to afghanistan there's a lot of formalities you see i waited mm. nearly a month to get my visa done oh. and to get the visma putra approval for me to go there and it's kind of scary you know everywhere is bombing and and so on but i took the risk is quite exciting and i and i have some video clips which i spent my time there and and did i was there maybe four to five days for my mistake but i had a good time i went with my another um the a friend of mine who uh, also in vocational um uh, frontier he, he he actually contributed there as well so we have that satisfaction that we actually set up a formal skills training program in afghanistan wow. right yeah. same goes okay. to 
uh, Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka then was a war-torn country. If you mm-hmm. if you go towards the east and so on, so I really want to bring in the skills program to to this area. Uh, I collaborated with another friend in in Sri Lanka way back in 2004 and so on. And today he runs one of the best automobile um, vocational uh, training center in Sri Lanka. All right, which I was involved in the earlier setup, and I'm still involved in their um, articulation program and any new program to be introduced. And um, excitingly, I also went to Bhutan to set up the same um, skills program uh, thing. And I we actually brought in the first group of 90-year-old students from Bhutan to, to Malaysia on the skills um, transformation program. So uh-huh. we're we quite excited to work on. But this MCO is actually, um, I mean, this COVID-19 actually slowed us down. But um, the, the online platform has given us the leverage to reach out to these people as well, like how I'm talking to you, you know, that, that's another yeah. <laughs> one. And this, this news will spread to all the other um, Tibet players as well. Yeah, yeah awesome. That's, that sounds really exciting. I'm uh, happy to see more, or even regionally, uh, coming from you and the, and the company. Awesome stories. I, uh, in respect of your time, which I, I really appreciate, um, I think we, we come to a close for today. Maybe we can do a follow-up session, focus more on the drones yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, that, yeah. Would be, that would be awesome. And I hope I can uh, well uh, meet over coffee or tea uh, very soon again. Uh, I think the situation gets a bit better. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I, I really want to thank you for your time, uh, sharing your experience, the, the, the stories and uh, the projects that you're working on and that are upcoming. Uh, please um, connect with um, uh, Sri Ganesh over on LinkedIn. I put also the links to the web pages um, of uh, the SG Academy um so people can follow there and see what's going on maybe um i ask you a, a, a last question um yeah, some words of inspiration for the for the younger uh, audience here um when it comes to skills and um yeah the students want to don't know what direction they should go right next what what is your recommendation what is the most important skills uh, they should develop uh, right away okay um Straight to the point, um, if you take the younger generation, uh, we must understand if we are teaching students the languages of letters and numbers to able to speak, understand and impact this world, right? Math, science, technology, you cannot run, run away from it, all right? But you must understand skill sets must be also part of this math, science and technology, right? If we want students or anyone to able to understand the technology that they use every day, they need to start providing them the building blocks from beginning itself. That is what we call skills, right? Learning by doing. The ability to code example enables young people to become creators rather than consumers. Students with the creative capacity and technical literacy will hold the power in the future, right? They are the next generation of entrepreneurs focused towards that vertical. Make sure that any vertical that you have, you learn the skill sets, not only your, your, your mind is not to your, your brain is not to store data. Your brain is to spark and to work things and to innovate things. You know, with the growth mindset, I'm very sure that um, whoever that uh, en- um, engage in this, um, the, the future frontiers, skill sets is something that very important, right? They need to incorporate this in all their studies. Yeah, that's awesome. my message. Yeah. 
Great. Right. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you again, uh, Dr. Sri Ganesh, for your time sharing experience. And thanks uh, to the audience for uh, watching or listening to this episode. I hope uh, it was as insightful for you as for me, uh, inspiring, motivating also. And then I hope I can see you uh, next week for another episode of Pat's Chat. Sure, thanks. Patrick. Pleasure. Thank you for contacting me and thank you for hosting this. See you then. Right. Thanks to you. Bye. Have a great Bye. day. Bye. You too.